Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Well, welcome everybody to Parks and Recollection. This is a great episode. I mean, well, first of all, Alan Yang's here, as he is every week. What's up, Rollo? How you doing? Um, so I was watching Vikings last night. You know, I'm nothing if not current. Love and, that uh, intro. Love coming in hot to the pod. I was watching Vikings. Let's go. What do you what do you got, Rob? Well, here's what I got. The co-lead's name is Rollo. That's what I got. Oh, right, right, right. I mean, so I'm wondering. Did, was Amy Poehler the first person to recognize my Viking lineage when she named me Rolo? What if, she, what if we found out she was a secret Vikings fan? What if we found out she was an EP on Vikings? <laughs> Just like, she's naming those characters. <laughs> I think somebody should be Rolo. So that was my, uh, anyway. Um, but listen, enough about the Vikings. Take us away. What do we, tell me what we have in store here. We not only have a great episode to talk about, we have a great guest, two guests tonight. I know. I don't know. I said tonight. It's daytime, and you might be listening to the pod at any time of day. No, they listen to it at night. I, I this is definitely <laughs> sun goes down after dark podcast. Yes, uh, we're joined by legendary casting director Allison Jones, and of course Ben Harris, who works very closely with her. Uh, the casting team behind some of the greatest shows you've ever seen. We'll talk to them about all their amazing shows, but mostly about this one because that's what the show's about. Yay! We're a new podcast. Let's not forget, we're the new kids on the block. So um, reviews are good. They're very important to us. Um, so please, if you're enjoying this, uh, take a sec, give us a five-star review and um, uh, tell all of your friends. And also, um, don't forget to um, call and ask us a question for a town hall. You could be in the town hall or you could leave your town hall in the review. <laughs> if you really want me to see it, put it in the review. Yeah. Episode four of season one, Boys Club, first aired April 30th, 2009, written by me, Alan Yang, and directed by Michael McCullers. Um, so yeah, this was a very early episode, but it was fun to watch, fun to now, watch. Mike, Michael McCullers has some sort of affiliation with Wayne's World and Mike Myers, if I'm not, am I right about this? He worked with, he worked with Mike Myers and he, I think he wrote some of those movies. 
and he and he also he also directed Baby Mama with with Amy Poehler. That's TMF. right. Um, let me get through this episode synopsis, and we can talk to Allison and Ben. How about that, Rob? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was so excited about Michael McCullers. All right, so here's the synopsis. Leslie and Ann try to integrate themselves into the city planner's boys club by drinking in the courtyard in an effort to network. As the group runs out of beers, Leslie grabs wine from an illegal gift basket and gets into trouble as she tries to accept responsibility for her supposed mistake. By making a public apology, Leslie draws attention to the park's social media site, but she doesn't know that April has posted a video of herself underage drinking. A disciplinary hearing is called to see what should be done with Leslie. Leslie apologizes to the board and defends April, accepting responsibility for the video herself. As the questions from the board continue, Ron angrily defends Leslie. The consequences end up being light, and Leslie is accepted into the boys' club. In a B story, Andy cleans Anne's house while she's at work. Later, Anne arrives home and is pleased with Andy's housework, with Andy telling the documentary crew he expects to get, quote, gently laid later. And that's the synopsis. So yeah, I like, hey, briefer synopsis today. I like it. Um, it's funny the ethics violation in this in this episode. I mean, it's always the comedy of the mundane with Parks and Rec, and the small. You know, the the comedy isn't how small it is, but but the, this ethics violation is very very almost quaint considering to where the 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 story stakes ended up going. It's so small. <laughs> I mean, and, and in the beginning we wanted it to be small, right? I think the the overall directive from the showrunners from Mike and Greg was, yeah, it could be funny if she's really excited and really worked up and really nervous and scared about smaller things. So the smaller the better in some ways. So this one is like a gift <laughs> basket of wine and cheese and then meanwhile cut to season 3 she's like, "We got to save the town," right? And then by the end it's like, "I'm president." Yes. Essentially, but in season 1, it it, it but season 1 <laughs> It's like let's talk about this gift basket, and and that was you know that's where the comedy kind of changed, right? She she is still a little bit delusional in this one. It's kind of the first season version of Leslie, but but you start to see you do see the seeds of of kind of relationships building, right? So you see you know Leslie and Ron, you know you see that building, and 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 Ron sticking his neck out for Leslie, even though he denies it to camera, and then you see Andy sort of developing. He's not just. A leech in this one. He's not just a schlub. He, he he's trying to clean himself up for Anne. So you see the hints of the show developing, and as we move into five and six, six especially for this season, um, it, you'll see the seeds of season two. But I'm I was happy with how this episode turned out. You know, I think when we when we looked back on this season um, and looked at the episodes, it was like, oh, you know, you see it sort of pace up a little bit. It's a little bit more energetic and and, and a little happier. So um, I feel like we got there, and and it was a it was I, I was I was. I was glad to get an episode this season for sure. And I'll tell you what, what is interesting and there's we've talked a lot about it and it's it's legendary in the comedy world and the TV development world. Um the adjusting of Leslie's character. And this is really one where you see she she screws up and is and is sort of scrambling to rise above it and to succeed. And you guys pivot off of that very quickly after these few episodes. But this is a perfect episode to look at in terms of you didn't you don't know what you don't know. And you didn't really realize that Amy Poehler is better when she's good at her job. Yeah. Yeah. She is a high status person who should play a high status character. <laughs> she's always scoring and in person. And so she should score in the show. And 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 uh, I think we learned that pretty quickly. And and I think that ended up helping the show. She's, she's ambitious for the team and for the good of Pawnee and not for herself, which is also really, really helpful, you know. But yeah, let's talk to Allison and Ben. They're here. Let's not waste their precious time. They've got <laughs> casting to do. They've got a million shows. They have Netflix shows, HBO shows, so much stuff to do. How are you guys? Welcome to the show. 
Thank you. Alan. We're good. Thanks for having us. Well, so for people who don't understand the way the business works, casting directors are the keys to the kingdom. They they really are the. I I don't know if you're going to like I, how you. I'm curious to know what you think about this. My assessment of what you guys do, but what you guys do is extraordinary because they are are tasked with casting, putting the, the finding the actors for any particular project, and the. I mean, I will, you guys will remember the great Janet Hershenson. She's yes. totally responsible for my career. And, and you know, most actors who make it can look back at a casting director and say, but for them, I don't know where I am. And, and you guys have, have discovered, emboldened, chosen, however you want to look at it, some of the, the, great, the great actors of our, of our time, not just in comedy, but it seems like for me, more in comedy than not. Is that fair? Yes, definitely more in comedy than not. Very quickly, just so people have some background on Allison so she doesn't have to brag. Besides <laughs> Parks and Rec, also The Office, also Veep, also every seemingly every Judd Apatow movie. We've got Four-Year-Old Virgin, you know, Knocked Up, uh, Borat, you know, Talladega Nights, like every movie, Bridesmaids. <laughs> so this is for, yeah, every movie, you know, and the pilot for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know, it just keeps going. So almost every comedy you enjoyed the last 20 years or whatever, Allison has a hand in it. Master None, by the way, a show we worked on together. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just phenomenal to have you here. It's phenomenal to have you guys both. Thank you so much. What do you guys look for, uh, you know, when you're just, is it just a taste thing? Is it just who catches your eye? Like, how do they, I mean, is it all just intangible? Are there, is there any tricks to the trade? If I were to become a casting person, I'm trying to get in the business tomorrow. What do I do? What do I look for in people? I don't think you can teach it. I mean, <laughs> I, I um, started doing comedy. It was you know, my first show was Benson and Family Ties, which were half hour comedy. And in those days, you got pigeonholed like crazy. So actors did too, right, Rob? You could only do one oh, thing. Yeah. God forbid you could ever jump to a feature film. That's right. Um, so that's what I owe to um, Judd Apatow for hiring me for 40 year old version. But anyway, thank you, Judd. Um, but so I learned comedy actors, blah, 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 blah. I think. And I learned stand-ups. I would go to stand-up comedy store every single night. And for some reason, I started plugging stand-ups into all these roles. And many good ones I've had to fire. And I won't say who those are. But many now very famous stand-ups who I had to fire. But um, I don't know. For me, Bet, for me, it's who makes me laugh. And so I guess it's the taste of the time and of the... Yeah, I think it's knowing the market, right? Knowing yeah. who's out there and who basically just who who's the... if Because we work so specifically in her most of the time in comedy, who's the funniest guy or gal out there, right? Yeah. And and being able to know that this person is maybe, maybe they aren't super polished in their auditioning, right? Lots of times there's people that crack us up and we've seen them do a sketch here or catch a, a set somewhere. And you, it is a little bit intangible in that you just go, this guy or gal makes me laugh. And... But and then giving them a shot and bringing them in, and half the time they are terrible at auditioning, right? <laughs> terrible. And it and it, yeah. and and it takes bringing them back over and over, and and hopefully you have a producer that you know maybe will catch a set or you know watch a demo link or something, right? Where they get to and can see the bigger picture and give them a shot. Like to your credit, where you're going, send me your twelve funniest people. 
most or That's I'd say what matters. Ma- yeah. right, many yeah. creators and showrunners, lots of them aren't as open-minded, right? Or don't have as much faith or don't want to write to someone's voice as much as, as you and Mike and all, all those guys do. So, yeah. I, I also love that you guys put a priority on a couple of things. You know, one is someone who's unique, someone who you haven't yeah. seen before. I mean, we, we talk about that with the writing and direction of a show, right? Is we want to put something out there that's not out there, right? What's not yeah. in the marketplace? What's what's something they can't find on their million streaming services? What's something new and fresh and original? Even if, like you're saying, this person might not be super polished or an ex- super experienced actor, like that is that can be exciting. And and the second thing I think you know I don't want to speak for you, but it feels like when you're making a show you want the the right balance, right? It's like making a stew. It's like building this recipe and like you want this balance of energies and and it really matters. Like, okay, if, if your lead's polar, then who do you want as a as a yang to her yin, right? Oh, you have Offerman for that. You know, it's it just yeah. like this balance of energies and then you build out the cast. That's so exciting, man. I, I really, and, 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 and it's, and you're right. It ultimately is judgment and taste. Like when we call you guys, it's like, yeah, what do you think? Like between these, it comes down to two, three people for a part. Man, you can agonize. I've agonized mm. in the past. It's really tricky, man. Yeah. It's really tricky. Mike is good about that, too. He's extremely thoughtful on who Very he chooses I can make a chart. Make a chart and figure out, like... No, not, what, nothing this, like this. Greg Daniels will make <laughs> yeah. a graph. He made a graph when we were casting the <laughs> pilot of The Office. A graph. What does yeah. a casting graph look like? I'm fascinated. I love this. He had, like, um, qualities, like, chief qualities on one side. He probably had authenticity to the... Greg could would have to probably contradict me but he had qualities on one side and i think probably accuracy to the english cast on another side and somehow oh. graphed it and we didn't want we were like you got to be kidding me nothing to do with <laughs> graph on casting that's amazing. but he had a casting graph yeah well it worked for that show it went 150 it episodes so mm-hmm. it worked for that show it was remarkable casting on that show um but forget about that show this is this show yeah <laughs> <That's right>. sorry <laughs> uh I, I so just you know speaking about this this episode in the first season in general um i don't know if we've talked about this before but we wrote we actually wrote seven episodes this first year and we, and as you guys know there are only six episodes right. that aired and so we wrote seven just to have the luxury of literally throwing one out. I mean, that that's that's oh, what wow. a limited episode wow. one did for us. So I didn't know that. <laughs> we all, like, a, a bunch of the writers got to write drafts. I felt very fortunate to get an episode that first year because I was a staff writer. I was a first-year writer. Um, and the, the episode we ended up throwing out was one that Mike wrote himself, <laughs> which is which oh. was very wild. I mean, it wasn't due to the quality of the script. It was just how the pieces fit together. But he wrote an episode, uh, I believe, called Spraying for Rats, which the premise was they, they spray the pit for, for, for vermin, essentially, and they end up accidentally spraying an unhoused person who's, who's living there. And there was a whole other storyline where they had to add someone else to the pit committee, and, and they met with an amazing stand-up comedian, Cat uh, Williams, I believe, to, to, oh, yeah. to, to play a part in the show. And he was so funny. But we just ended up not doing that episode, so that storyline just kind of died on the vine. Where was the pit? We always wanted to know. The pit was in, uh, like, Studio City area, right? Oh. Well, yeah. Greg, mm-hmm. do you remember the cross streets? It was, like, Hazeltine and Collins, I believe. Wow. It was on Collins, yeah. It was in Sherman Oaks. Yeah. Oh, Sherman Oaks. Okay, yeah. And and uh, a, a truly an eyesore. <laughs> really a, yeah. a life-imitating art because you drove by like, this is horrible. This is like horrendous. And we'd have to go there all the time. But you, uh, Chris, uh, not Chris. I almost called you Chris Traeger. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Rob. Rob Literally. was like, hey, Chris Traeger, did yeah. you ever go to the pit? You did, right? Yeah, all the time, right? The pit was filled in by the time I got there. Um, 
it was it was the lot and the first time i went there was um was uh freddy spaghetti that's your second episode that's, that's your second my, episode it's my second episode and i remember it like it was yesterday but yeah it, it had grass and it was very pretty by the time i got there it was still so hot <laughs> always there yeah I, I i remember writing this episode it was obviously over 12 years ago something like that now but i was kind of sweating bullets because you know i this was my first episode for the show and first real like scripted episodes for television I'd written for South Park, but they don't let you write episodes there. Uh, Trey Parker, and Matt Stone write all the episodes. So um, I was I, I wrote this episode in a public library because I had nowhere to write it. So I went I went to to the library and just sat at this like you know a, a public area and just and and remember writing it and trying to come up with like the cold open and stuff and um, yeah pretty nerve wracking. But the the great thing was on this show that 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 Mike and and Greg were super super encouraging and also by the way by this time we had rewritten the first two episodes we rewrote the pilot in the second episode second episode uh, we rewrote for like 13 weeks the, the third episode we rewrote for like eight weeks and then by the time it came to this episode which was the fourth episode uh we ran out of time and had to shoot in like three days or something. Oh. So we were like, oh, let's look at it. And like, we're at it. We got to shoot it on Monday. So we'll table read it quickly <laughs> and then see what happens. So, uh, but, but yeah, I feel like you can see that the, the, the seeds of, of, of upcoming stuff like Pratt is kind of fun. And Pratt, by the way, does more stuff in this episode, more similar to his audition than he did as yeah. the initial conception of the character. Mm-hmm. This is, this is what his power steered us towards. Right. Completely so. did. Yeah. And did you were you guys aware of Pratt before? Or had he read for oh, yeah. you guys before? So you, he was in the world. He was like yeah. he was a funny guy that you guys knew, right? He would, what you forget is he was kind of a teen idol in a weird way because he had been on Everwood. Yeah. You know, people yeah. loved him on, on Everwood. Yeah, yeah. he had a, cra- a kooky character on the OC, right? He was definitely doing the thing, and you know, um, I've said this on another podcast, but um, I remember when I came onto the show and you know with this group of insane wonderfully talented really really s- different types of actors um i i told my agents and managers that there's one though on this <laughs> that i think might be if he ever gets a shot the biggest movie star in the world and my agents to this day say you called it and that was proud wow. yeah because he had every club in the bag and i remember when he got when i think it was moneyball he was auditioning for Moneyball. I was like, "Yeah, if you if you go if you need to make the decision whether you want to be fat, funny guy, third guy through the door, or whether you want it all, because you can have it." And um, yeah, the, the rest is history. Yeah, he mostly didn't get comedy stuff. We brought him in on right, Ben. Yeah, we brought him in on Paul. He came in late to his Paul audition. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Well, we should we should talk about Parks a little bit because this is a Parks podcast. But I wanted to ask you guys specifically this episode, Boys Club. First of all, you know, again, very early in the run, it originally was called Ethics Violation. Uh, I remember because I had to write the draft, so I remember the, the, the script. And there were a couple fun things about it that you guys were involved in. I mean. You know, uh, one of them is that the, Aubrey Plaza's character, April Ludgate, is pretty prominent in this episode. This was one of her first kind of prominent episodes. Um, and it was so early on in the run that her name in the script was just Aubrey. I remember writing it, and she didn't have a character name yet. So she was just called Aubrey, and I think Donna was named Paris. Mark was named Josh at some point. Anyway, yes, you guys yes. were instrumental, I believe, in, in, in <laughs> casting Aubrey Plaza. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. What had she done? UCB stuff and some videos and UCB in New York and Ben, who sent her to us? Was it, That's it must've been uh three arts or something. It must've been Dave Becky or somebody, one of these yeah, great comedy Greg managers. Walter or somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. that was at the time, it took about 10 years for the comedy world to figure out that improv and sketch people were actually the funniest people you could possibly hire and that they could improv and be funnier than with all due respect, Alan, most things comedy people could write. When I started, it was verboten, Rob, to say any word that wasn't written. Mm. You couldn't come in for an audition. If you went off that line, you didn't know what you were doing. So you could not improvise. I recall the first person who improvised an audition was the great Amy Sedaris. And it was like, (gasps) (laughs) wow. But it was funnier, and Chris Thompson at the time said, I like that girl, she's funny. She got the part. Um, anyway, so Aubrey came in, it was like, no-brainer. We were casting Scott Pilgrim at the time, and we had, so we sent her first to Mike Shore, I believe, to say, this is somebody interesting, Mike, because Mike was willing to meet people and write them parts. So we sent her to Mike Shore first, and he instantly said, okay, we got to write a part for this woman, because she's obviously so interesting. And then I think in the same week, she got Scott Pilgrim and Funny People because she was so special. So that's the story of Aubrey Plaza. And she she's not different now than she was that first day. <laughs> it's always a bit. It's t- That's true. Aubrey texted me today and it was a, it's a bit, right? It's yeah. like, it's always a bit, yeah. right? It's always like, I'm going to ruin your life, all that kind of stuff, like, yeah. that kind of stuff. But, yeah. but, but, you know, Allison brings up a great point, which is, um, you know, just kind of implying and, and sort of truthfully that this is how influential and impactful she can be when you're creating a show and you're writing a show yes you have characters in mind and, and you want to build this world but oftentimes especially in comedy you want to write towards the actor and so oh, yeah. you just want to meet interesting funny people you haven't seen before and so what we did on master none we just said allison send us your dozen favorite people like literally that general and 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 we just want to sit down and meet with them and the very first person we met with was lena waith and she was mostly a writer. She had done a little performing, and she came in wearing a Chicago Bulls jersey and some Timberlands. <laughs> and we just, me and Aziz, just chatted with her. And after meeting all these people and writing scripts and all this stuff, we're like, we just feel like there's something interesting about Lena. We're just going to write a character for her. And 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 as the as the show you know progressed, we just wrote more and more for her because there was something undeniable about her. So that's how that's how cool Allison's job and Ben's job is when when they're able to send people to to showrunners and and and, and kind of get their foot in the door, you know. And I had seen her just on a YouTube thing, so it was. Yeah. Um, that's phenomenal. Which that's has also it, changed the certainly has changed the casting yes. business. At least YouTube. in comedy, it, there's yes. a little bit uh, more to sort through. It used to be we'd have to go to the comedy store every night to see everybody. But anyway, um, I think Lena has been working since then, Alan. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened to her. I, I, I like, I'm not sure. I, she's not busy I have enough. No idea. Yeah, <laughs> she's not busy enough. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's it's really fun. And let, talk to us a little bit about you know uh, some of the other actors in the show. I mean, I know some of them were known. I know. But but some of the other actors, you know, um, how they come about? I know, like Offerman, I think Shore had had had, had his his mindset on for some time. But um, was it just kind of auditions? A lot of them, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Offerman wasn't. He wasn't set on Offerman. We read a lot of people. Oh right, yeah. right. That's right, right. Sorry, I I I misremember because he had his name on a post-it. But we did read a lot of people. I remember that. Yeah. Now. Yeah, he read for um, Josh first and wasn't really right for that. And then they came over with the Ron character. 
and that was obviously for Nick. But Ben, you remember the Chris Pratt situation. That, that was, I think, still one of the best auditions I've ever seen. Very <laughs> much so. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was like nothing we'd ever seen, right? It was, well, he just improvised. Uh, he was playing I think, one of the Grand Theft Autos. I think was his, his entire audition. And yeah, as you're saying, all sorts of inappropriate things that we probably shouldn't say on here, but uh, it yeah. still s- sticks out in my mind as one of the best auditions I've ever seen. Yeah, Rashida was attached to the show. She was yeah. the one who was pretty much uh, slam dunk. Yeah, and from Aziz the came in a bit early too. Aziz yeah. was a bit early in the mm-hmm. process, yeah. but but yeah, but Chris Pratt and turning him from a guest star into a regular cast is—I mean—that's partly due to the auditioning, right? I mean, he'd been on Everwood and the OC, but man, those tapes! Like I remember, like we were fortunate enough as the writers to watch some of these tapes. Just to just to weigh in, and and I still remember the Pratt. I mean, he was he did it in in, in Mike's office. Yeah, it was in Mike's office. Yes, it was. That's when she, he did the improv, which was crazy funny. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors. No prep, no mess meals. Now, Factors fresh. Never frozen meals are dietitian approved, which is awesome. And they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So, so good. I love this stuff. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore to help you crush your wellness goals. And let me tell you what I crush. They have a smoky bacon and cheddar egg bite that is Good. Mm. I tried their shakes also, and they were so good. Oh, I'm a Factor fan. Head to factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 and use code parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code parksandrex50 at factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Certainly, you guys definitely helped out with the Jerry and Donna stuff. Wasn't weren't there some interesting Donna and Jerry auditions that were not like were different from the conceptions that ended up in the show? Completely. Well, and Mike was also. You guys were all open to let's just get some interesting people because yeah. the first time that ever happened was in the office where people in the background, Phyllis, you know, our our wonderful Phyllis, yes, turned out to be series regulars. That was a whole new thing for us. So in Park and Rec, then they said, let's maybe have a couple people who might stick around every episode. And, you know, actors were like, mm, I don't know if we want to do this. It's only one line in the pilot. And then we had to sell it like, well, you might stick around like in the office in the what, you know, yeah. so it was, um, you know, agents would fight back at it. But anyway, it was another thing where you guys just said, bring in some funny people who seem like they'd work at a parks and recreation department. And we did. And uh, those two are almost my favorite in the whole show. 
So. I mean, it's really oh. they, like like Donna really comes into her own in this episode. Her hair is so different. I'm like Donna, <laughs> Retta, like Retta, what are you doing? <laughs> like you look so different. Is it is it true that Ellie Kemper auditioned for Donna at one point? That would have been different. She did, in fact, right, Ben? Yeah. <laughs> A slightly different character with Ellie Kemper in the role, but uh, Sli- slightly different. Yeah, but man, they ended up killing it. The guys you and I remember Jim auditioned for Ron Swanson, right? Is that yeah, it? Jim O'Hare. Yeah, Octavia Spencer uh, auditioned for for Donna. Jesus, what? That's right, and and I believe I believe she got really far because I remember watching yeah. Octavia Spencer's audition, and we were like, "This is sensational!" Like we 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 love both of them, and we're like, you know, Red is pretty comedy forward and really funny. We're gonna cast Retta, but and again, I didn't make that decision, but but and I believe Octavia Spencer was still doing some comedy stuff. She did a pilot for Dan Gore or something. I think the is that something something the year after or something. But anyway, she was on the Groundlings, yeah. Loaded, stocked pool for the Donna auditions. That's a difficult decision to make. And I think like oh, uh, I. Ike Barinholtz and oh, wow. uh, for Andy and uh, oh, who else? This is fascinating. Uh, oh, Mark yeah. Duplass, I remember read. Yeah, Duplass was in the yeah. m- in the mix. I, Nick Thune was in the mix Nick for Thune. Andy, I think. Yeah, Bobby Lee. Yeah, Bobby Lee read for Ron or something. Yeah, like I, I mean this this is my favorite stuff. Joel it's, McHale. It's, yeah, Joel McHale and and uh, I. Didn't didn't Adam Scott read at some point and, yeah. and we did, yeah. we ended Very up casting him later in the show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Rob Cordry, Will Sasso, all these guys. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. And then I have I, mean, I have her Aubrey for Aubrey. Yeah, Aubrey for Aubrey. Yeah, we <laughs> named the it character. It was actually Aubrey. Her, Diana McGonigal. Her manager was Diana, an agent yeah. at CA at the time, and she was great. And she yeah. sent us Aubrey yeah. and quite a few other people. But and some of those guys were Ron. Some of them were for the Josh character that would end up being Mark, and some of them for for Andy. But yeah, I mean, and then and then we were also it was kind of a mixing and magic too. Yeah. So, Alan, how were you in seeing all these tapes as a, as a as a baby staff writer? I had some trust. I had some trust. No, they 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 were actually open to some of this stuff. And and also, I want to credit them for bringing some of us into the process, not just with casting, but with being on set, being in post, helping to edit, um, working with all of these different facets of production. So, I felt like when I was you know thirty or whatever, getting on you know to my next step and doing our own show, me and Aziz. Man, I felt way more equipped than someone who had just been in a writer's room. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how the other thing that's changed so much is um, you would always get actors who were like not interested in television. Always. And mm-hmm. Always. And now you know what it is? It's not interested in network television. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Did you notice that? TV ultimately became the new film because it, I was at the bottom of the barrel casting sitcom. It was like NITV and definitely NI sitcom. And then now it's no network TV, but now it's the best stuff. I mean, yeah. I don't know what else yeah. to say. Yeah. Can you imagine uh, like, I don't want to do Fleabag. I don't want to do I May Destroy You. Are you kidding? It's the best shit out there. It's like it's incredible. It's been a wonderful, right? wonderful um, transformation into the respect. And you're not called a TV actor anymore or a film actor, right, Rob? You would call no. TV actor, film actor. No. Um, we, got, we got Meryl Streep doing TV. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. everyone. Yeah. The thing about when you meet somebody who's, different and special you you really never forget them but with that said who do you think is the most unforgettable of of that came across you guys early on oh gosh i've been doing it a lot longer than ben has um so i would say in the very early for example family ties benson years Mm. i know (laughs) wow uh family ties golden girls i love that that's phenomenal 
I mean, I was a ca- the casting assistant on Golden Girls, and I would so say- you, so Rue McClan- you so it's Rue McClanahan. B B Arthur was probably like already involved because she's a huge TV star, right? No, it was B Arthur versus Elaine Stritch. Get out! Wow, wait, I'm already. Yeah. I'm so in. This this just this is blowing my mind. This is another podcast. Yeah. There's an alternate universe. This yeah. is a multiverse <laughs> where Elaine Stritch. <laughs> Plays the Dorothy part. She tested at the network in in yellow, tip to toe. She was yellow, tip to toe. B. Arthur didn't have to test, but B. got the part because of Susan Harris's connection to Maud. But no, 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 it was not. She was not involved from the get go. And and Rue and Betty both had to test as well. But Estelle Getty was pre reading at the time, and she pre read for a part. She pre read for a part in Family Ties. And then, like the next week, we pre read her for Golden Girls. And my boss at the time, Judith Weiner, uh, called up Tony Thomas and said, I think we have the person. Can we bring her into the network? And we tested her and she got it right away. Oh, but um, no, B was not tied into it right away. <laughs> Greg Levine has an interesting story, too, about how he got into Park and Rec. Right, Greg? You know, Allison put the cast together, but Allison is personally responsible for getting me my job on Parks and Rec. Because I was um, her and Ben's assistant at the time during the writer strike. And then um, after a few months, she was going to do the office spinoff. Um, and I'm like, I need to be a writer's assistant on this thing. And unbeknownst to me, well, the office spinoff becomes Parks. But once a week, pretty much, she called Mike and Greg and says, you need to hire uh, my assistant to be a writer's assistant. That's wonderful. It's Aubrey Plaza, Lena Waithe, Greg Levine, making the stars, <laughs> making the stars. Allison, just out there, out there. Were you involved in the the conversations about uh, bringing um, uh, uh, Adam on to the show? No, I was not. We we had um, he came in to read for the pilot, and I was I had left after seven episodes, six episodes, which is now seven, as you say. Six episodes, and no, I think they had always liked Adam. He almost got the role of Jim on The Office, but there were some dissenters. Um, I was not one of them, but he, he almost got the role of Jim on The Office, and everybody remembered him from how cool he was for Jim. And Adam Scott paid his dues too, man. I mean, yeah. he, Jesus, and he was so good, <laughs> so good. So, uh, you know, tenacity, right, Rob? Tenacity yeah. is number one. Eye of the tiger. If you don't, if you don't have the eye of the tiger, you can forget about it. Yeah, it's tenacity is so important, and also people who keep believing in you and keep bringing you in, even when a producer will say, "I've seen that guy do this part a million times," and it's like, I don't care what's. There's nothing wrong with Michael Keaton. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's, right. yes. that's an amazing thing. That's a, if there's any, if there's any takeaway from this, it's that there's nothing. And, but people were cold on him for years, right? Yeah, people, uh, the people who don't really get that epic talent and comedy is epic talent, no matter what. And so ca- I don't care if I've seen it before. I want to see it again. Um, <laughs> yeah, I always like this business because you actors. I think people do have second chances. Less so more now because they're so labeling everybody into tier one, tier two, and tier three. But via good writing, people have a second chance. And somebody who deserves an Oscar, Molly Shannon, will finally get up there and get an Oscar. There's a lot of those great people that should never be passed over. But they yeah. are. It's, it's so funny. The tier one, tier two, tier three, that's a new one. I didn't know that oh, was good. Oh, Rob. Oh, it's that's terrible. really 
Because you you get the European financiers involved in oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's that version of the European oh. financer thing, which oh. is the grossest thing ever. Oh, so, God. So forever, there was this great thing where if you were like, I just, I just got to say it. Fuck it. Yeah. I don't care. Because this, this guy, this guy <laughs> jumped up at the end of my Saturday Night Live and, and like caused a ruckus when I hosted it. And I was like, what are you doing here? This is my show. I just did it. Brendan Fraser. So, <laughs> so there were years where Brendan Fraser would get these movies that I wanted to, I was like, what the, f-? he did this yeah. one great one with Ian McKellen. Do you remember that one? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. He was in the car with his dad. Yeah. It's really, really like great Oscar bait. Yeah. Movie. And, and I, and they was like, well, it's the European financing likes him still from the mummy. Yeah, exactly. Like he made the mummy 15 years ago. Yeah. And you're and still getting movies based on that old credit because of how much money it made in the Arab Emirates. Yeah. Or whatever. Momentum means nothing to them. And gods it, and monsters was the name of the movie. Gods yeah. and monsters. Yeah. Yes. I remember that great one movie. scene there in a yeah, Cadillac. Great movie. Yeah. Great movie. But, um, Nobody understands momentum or, or the value of word of mouth on opening weekend. You know, nobody understands that. So it's really tough every time I have to try to sell, uh, you know, Amy Adams. She's actually talented and, and she is really pretty, oh, by the way, you oh, know, oh, and Elizabeth oh, Banks. She Wait. is really pretty, by time the way. Out. Time <laughs> out. Uh, time <laughs> out. You be- so um, once again, I'm doing a, a series for Les Moonves. I don't know if Les is involved in this story or not, but I do. Now I'm for the first time putting the pieces together a little bit. But um, and I think I'd like to think I have a good eye for casting when I have the chance to. Some some of the people I've cast before they were ever anybody were you know Kyle Chandler and David Crumholtz and Elizabeth Mitchell and uh, McKenna Grace and uh, you know on and on and on. So um, I cast Amy Adams as my love interest in a, a show called Dr. Vegas. It was a horrible show. Um, and the, so it's me, Tom Sizemore, who I, I gave wow. up some of my salary to get. Cause he was coming off that Michael Mann TV series. He had, he, he was crazy, quiet, crazy, but not public crazy yet. Okay. And he should have been Gene Hackman. He was our, yeah. he was our Gene Hackman in the waiting. And, and uh, Joey Pants, Joey Pantoliano, me, Amy Adams, I mean, I I, I Fun still cast. Fun I, cast. I, I yeah. plant my flag in that cast today. Yeah. Um, we get picked up, and they're like, "But you got to fire Amy Adams." <laughs> Jesus. They're I like, remember she, that too when she got fired. She yeah. doesn't have it, man. She just does. Yeah. Rob, she doesn't have it. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I had to make the call, and I had to call Amy, and I was like, "Look, they want you. Ugh. They're willing to offer you six episodes." I said, if I'm going to talk to you as Rob Lowe, the actor, and then I'm going to talk to you as Rob Lowe, the executive producer of this piece. Rob Lowe, the actor, says, tell them to fuck off and don't do it. Rob Lowe, the executive producer, I'm begging you to do six episodes. She did the six episodes, but and then, only because she didn't do the full order, she was available for Junebug. Wow. Oh, God. Yeah. And and that, and then the, the, the last one I'll, I'll tell you was, I was doing a movie called Frank and Jesse, and it was about the James oh, yeah. brothers. It was back in the yeah. day when HBO made um, yeah. mo- movies that were smaller. And, mm-hmm. and I was friends with uh, Liam Neeson had just come off of Broadway doing, I want to say Anna Karenina. And um, he had Schindler's list in the can. And I was trying to convince our quote unquote financers. Liam Neeson wants to do this movie. He wants to, do, he, 
he will go from Schindler's List <laughs> with Steven Spielberg <laughs> to this movie. <laughs> and I could not. They Liam who? Nissen what? Liam, no, Nissen. and he was Schindler. He, he was Schindler. He was Schindler. He's like, who is he in Schindler's List? <laughs> He's Schindler. <laughs> what list is this? He? he made the list, dude. He made the list. <laughs> he he made he made the list. <laughs> And and we couldn't we couldn't get them to bite because you know they hadn't heard of him yet. Oh, how it just drives me crazy! Insane. Momentum insane. means nothing. Yeah, it's it's really counterintuitive because it's a intuitive. There's nobody uses their intuition, and that's what everybody on this podcast has to go by is our intuition. For God's sakes, yes. Momentum yeah. means nothing. Trust your intuition. Great, great lessons from, from Allison and Ben. Um, uh, it just, I mean, you guys have ridden it all the way to the top of the casting game. <laughs> That's how you do it, man. That's how you do it. Um, should we let these two fine folks go and uh, let them go back to making stars? You've got careers to make and save. Yeah, there's a lot at stake. Saving lives here, yeah. I just want to say to Rob Lowe, I remember I was a casting assistant, or I was still an associate, and I first saw that movie of the week that you were in. Did Vicki Rosenberg cast you? Yes, she sure did. Shit. Yes. You were sitting in a Volkswagen or something talking to whoever played your mom. And I just remember thinking, who the hell is that guy? He looks like a <laughs> god. And he's talented. <laughs> really, truly. Because that must have been one of your first things. You were... It was my. It was the first thing I was cast in that they held for me. I didn't realize what a big deal it was. They held for me to go do The Outsiders. Ah, so they could okay. follow up the outsiders with it. It was Thursday's right. Child with Jenna Rollins. Wow. Well, you are amazing. Thank oh, you. Phenomenal. Thank you. That's and you phenomenal. too. I can't remember that. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, thanks, you guys. You guys were <laughs> yeah. awesome. Cool. Good luck. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye, Allison. Bye, Ben. Bye. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Should we do a town hall really quick? Let's do a quick town hall. Thank you to Allison and Ben, but let's wrap it up with a town hall. Where do you want to do this one, Rob? Um, I, you know what? We haven't done one. It's kind of obvious. We haven't done one from the pit itself. 
Wow. Inside the bottom of the pit. Dangerous times down it's there. It's dusty. Of, it's gross. Yeah. It's hot. It's full of trash. In this one, they're throwing a ton of trash. You might fall in. You might break your legs. You might break your neck. That's right. Um, but yeah, let's do it in the pit. Uh, it's a, a welcoming atmosphere. Hopefully not too many people are attracted so we don't get too many questions. Who uh, who would like to rise to the microphone and ask us a question? The person at the mic now is Steffi from Brooklyn. And she asks, if Rob could have portrayed another character on the show, who would he have liked to be? Ooh. Wow. Here's what, why this is hard. Because if you'd, if you'd asked me this about any other show I've been on, it would be really easy. Really easy. to. I'd, be, I'd like to be President Bartlett on the West Wing. You know, um, what's amazing about this show is the the characters and the voices are so tailored to those actors that you you literally as chris Taylor would say can't imagine another actor playing those parts they they would not exist someone else playing leslie nope does not it do, it's not leslie nope anymore somebody That'd be weird no <laughs> somebody else playing ron swanson it's not ron swanson tom haverford on and on um i i just i i I, I think it's a, a physical impossibility on this. Um, that said, um, I wouldn't mind spending some time um, in animal control because I like animals. <laughs> there you go. You can join them, man. You can join Harris and Colton, uh, the, the, the animal control guys, and, and that sounds fun. I mean, man, how weird would it be for you to take on those other roles? Like, you're right. Like, can you imagine anyone other than Nick playing Ron Swanson? Like, he is him, man. He is him. It's like... The other thing is, like, when I when I came on the show, there was a notion like, oh, well, then I'm going to be Leslie's love interest. And they're like, no, no, no. That's going to be Adam Scott. And it was great. It wasn't what was expected. Yeah, that must have been fun for you, right? Because it's like, man, I'm not going to do the expected thing. Like, this is actually kind of interesting. I get to do something different. I play this comedic role and and play an energy you hadn't specifically played before, I thought. You know, I thought certainly that character was, was different from anything I'd seen you do. For, it was, and, it was, and I, I, loved, I loved being like super, super, super nerd. Super nerd, super geek, super enthusiastic. All right, I, I, that's a very good answer. Animal control is the answer. Um, <laughs> I think that's I think that's what we got, man. Are we we want to wrap this one up, Rob. Uh, this is it. Um, thank you all for for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't hit that subscribe button. Um, I always like to say, tell two of your friends today. Absolutely. Um, but that's all we got today. So thanks to producer Greg and producer Schulte. Goodbye, Papani. This episode of Parks and Recollection is produced by Greg Levine and me, Rob Schulte. Our coordinating producer is Lisa Berm. The podcast is executive produced by Alan Yang for Alan Yang Productions, Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Jeff Ross, Adam Sachs, and Joanna Solitaroff at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Gina Batista, Paula Davis, and Britt Kahn are our talent bookers. The theme song is by Mouse Rat, a.k.a. Mark Rivers, with additional tracks composed by John Danik. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Parks and Recollection. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Stitcher. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. 
Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 